Welcome back, Clocks on the Stove. We're going to call this episode 99-ish um, because number 100 is going to be big. So there might be a couple of 99s before we get to the actual number 100. 99.1. 99.99. 99.995. Uh, we may just go through all decimal points and integers, um, but who knows? Yes, but with me, per usual, my co-host, Zachary Watts, holding it down in Fort Lauderdale. And myself, Mr. Grayson Fisher. We got a little college football one, things we liked, things we saw. Um, and then we got some games we're going to break down for you. And then we're going to end, you know, with our typical draft. Before we dive into this, though, I would like to say rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. And the Smash Mouth guy. And it's it's a shame I didn't, I didn't look his name up before. He's not, he's not dead yet. No, he's dead. Smash nah. singer Steve Harwell dies at 56. Oh, uh, last I saw, he was still in the hospital with liver failure, but uh, he's dead. So, uh, very sad day, two dope guys, but rest in peace. Um, yeah, let's talk about our five biggest takeaways from this past weekend, Zach. Um, I guess we can just do it like draft order one for one, but we can repeat things. I, you know, just like what, what would you say you start us off not in order, just a takeaway you got from these games this weekend? Um, first and foremost, probably something that's making the most headlines over anything is Colorado's performance over TCU. Now, look, I'm not trying to discredit Colorado in any way. What I am trying to say is how people are kind of hyping up the win. They're saying like, oh, this is a TCU squad that just – like made it to the national championship last year and did all these things. Well, they only returned 18% of their roster. So quite literally not the same team and not the same offensive coordinator. As we all know, the offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley, Lincoln Riley's brother is now at Clemson as the OC. So really not the same TCU squad. However, Colorado still exceeded expectations. They were 20 and a half point underdogs coming into the game. And Dion said so himself, we told you we were coming we're coming and we're going to keep coming. And that that's a whole lot of coming. It's a lot of coming. That's a lot of coming for one team. Um, and they showed out their uniforms looked amazing, but their play on the field looked even better. Travis Hunter with around like a million snaps on uh, offense, defense and special teams. I think it was around like 170, but I don't think people understand how actually insane it is when you can have an athlete that's not only dominant on both sides of the ball, but can last you the entire game. Um, so the fact that he is literally Dion reincarnate, he can just use him as he would imagine himself. It, it It's amazing. And then you have Shadur Sanders, obviously, balling out 510 uh, all-purpose yards for the Buffs. Insane game performance. His reads as a quarterback, he's already shot himself up there as probably one of the best quarterback prospects in the 2023-2024 season as of now. Look, I know it's week one, but... What's the point if you can't get a little hyped up or overreact a little bit? That's kind of the whole point. You talk your shit now so you can't later. You know, get what you can get. You know, for some teams, this may be their only win. For other teams, this may be their only loss. So while the time is ripe, pick the fruits of your labor. Yeah, it was a good uh, week one take. I think Travis Hunter is legitimately an op- option guy that can win the Heisman. You know, it's not a quarterback, which is crazy to see. Um, Him playing both ways will help his case as well. Sanders, like you said, make great reads. Yeah, I agree. They're taking this win like they just won the Natty, um, but good for them. But at the same um, same time, 
They played some fucking great football, regardless of if it's the same team or not. Sony Dykes, Big 12, TCU, you know, college football team. They're not bad. So, um, one of my takes I'm going to go with, I saw a um, I saw a tweet that was like, SEC 0-3 in primetime games because Florida lost to Utah, uh, FSU beat LSU, and South Carolina lost to North Carolina. So, as much as, as like I want to shit on them for that, only one of those three teams was a real SEC team. Like, Florida's dog shit. South Carolina's dog shit. Everyone's riding the South Carolina wave because they had that weird two-game you know, four-game series at the very end of the year when they got shit on the whole rest of the year. Um, yeah. I just think that th- as much as I don't like the SEC, they're the best conference of college football. I think it's a joke. I saw some people trying to argue the Pac-12 because they went undefeated. I'm like, brother, brother. If we matched up, it'd be like like getting jumped because only like maybe one Pac-12 team is winning. But uh, that's that's one of my takeaways from it. Don't don't sleep on the SEC. If I had to go an individual takeaway, I'm gonna say Ryan Day is on the hot seat. If he wasn't yet, Ryan Day is on the hot seat. Ryan Day's already been getting talked about how he can't win the big games and he really hasn't won one yet. Um, he hasn't won a caliber of which Ohio State would be happy. I would say game yet. Um, and, and he's kind of just riding Urban's wave, and he has better guys. You know that's what it kind of comes down to. Um, and we're starting to see it, and we're starting to see you know the quarterback play is not there yet. And now, do I think they'll be fine? Yes. Do I think that they're they're gonna beat Michigan? No, no, I don't. It's week one, but I don't. Yeah. Um, I was gonna go immediately to that. If you've been watching our podcast since last year, I've been a big Ryan Day hater. Look, I'm an advocate for Ohio State football and the Buckeyes program. I've always been a big fan of just their prestige and the level of football that they play year in and year out. They're always going to be one of the top contenders in football based off their name alone. Like you're going to get kids that commit there for the legacy, for the honor. Like there are kids that want to play at Ohio State, regardless of who the coach is there. Cause I feel like the name and kind of the weight it holds within the world of college football is extremely heavy. With that being said, Ryan day is headed for the hot seat. And I've been saying, no, this. no, no, he's on it, brother. He is on it. Yeah, no, but a lot of people were like, Oh no, it's only been like two, like two, three years. Like he's still getting them to like playoff games. Yada, yada. Number one, if you can't beat your rival, you could literally win the national championship. If you lost to Michigan, uh, your fans are going to be pissed. Yeah. Like you have to be like, you could go zero and eleven. It's a successful season if you beat Michigan. That that's end of story. That's all that really matters. Um, and the fact that they're zero and three against them, not a good look as of now. I like how you said he's kind of riding out the end of like that Urban Meyer era where he was got all the leftovers. I mean, to be to be fair, you could have taken anyone after Urban Myers and given him a mad like an NCAA fourteen playbook, and they probably could have coached you to ten wins. It's not that difficult considering that you had. Justin Fields and CJ Stroud back to back, which leads me into my like biggest point of why I think Ohio state's in the biggest danger right now. Look, you played a lackluster Indiana team that's projected to finish mid mid or lower tier in the big 10. They're not, they're not really considered like strong favorites by any means, nor are they considered strong competition compared to what Ohio state was at a preseason three ranking. Like this is supposed to be a team that's putting teams away up until they get to the big games. And a big part of that happened to come down to their quarterback play. Kyle McCord, look, I have nothing against the kid. He hasn't done anything wrong. 
not trying to pull my Gundy here, but you know, someone's got to shoulder, shoulder the blame for their lackluster performance. And when you have a quarterback where you're look, I get it. You've been spoiled with your two quarterbacks prior Stroud and fields, unbelievable NFL talent and prospects don't want to take anything away from them, but sooner or later, you're going to get average to above average QBs. You're not going to get the above and beyond pro level quarterback. And that's what separates coaching. Can you make do with what you've got? Can you make your average players seem good enough to even be drafted? Like that's just how it works. And right now I feel like Ryan day just isn't that guy to do that. He's not going to really change anything or bring out something out of the playback. That's going to wow you or really turn this team around. I just feel like we're on a very terrible trip. It's like we're on a train and then we end up that train is in Germany and that train in Germany is going to a very bad place for us. So that that's kind of where the Ohio state train is headed right now, but we'll see. Maybe common core just had one little slip of game week one. It's hard to tell, but from what I got out of it, I was not impressed at all. Yeah. Let's talk about upsets too. We had, we had some good upsets. We had uh Texas state upset in Baylor, Colorado upset in TCU as well as Fresno State upsetting uh, Purdue. Purdue paid Fresno State $1.35 million, and Baylor paid Texas State $875,000, and they they lost. Um, I don't really got much to say about Purdue. They lost their quarterback, Andrew O'Connell, who honestly looks pretty good in the NFL preseason. Um, they lost a lot of guys. When it comes to Baylor, I thought Dave Arnado was going to be the guy. He was the defense coordinator at Wisconsin. Then he went to the defense corner at LSU and they won the Natty. And then he took over Baylor. And they had a great two seasons. And now it's like, what's well, going on, brother? Um, you know, and I, I think that we're going to start seeing a little more upsets because I don't think these rankings are as good as they should be. Um, but yeah, that, that's 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 just one of my takeaways. There's some there's some good upsets, some games that were that were crazy with the spread. Um, one other thing I want to state, North Carolina's legit, man. South Carolina sucks. But North Carolina is legit. They have a yeah. very good defensive front that helps make up for the rest of their defense, which last year was their biggest issue. And Drake May, the boy throws dots. The boy throws dots. Also, one more upset, uh, Wyoming beat Texas Tech in double overtime. Yep. I think Duke just blocked a field goal, and they did. No way. Yep, they just blocked a field goal. 3-0? 0 still Duke ball. Um, so solid. So we're going to give you a little live in-game updates. Uh, obviously this will be late. So yeah. not that it matters, but anyway, yeah. Um, outside of upset, I'm trying to think of another game that like came to mind, but I think you already covered it. I mean, Nebraska, Minnesota, boring ass game. Jeff Sims, great athlete, not a good quarterback. Miami actually showed up. Good for them. They, they won. They won big. Oh, oh, I will say this. Um, Arkansas State's head coach, Butch um, Davis, Butch Jones, Butch Jones, Butch, or, yeah, old old Tennessee head coach, old Alabama coach. Yeah. Um, I gotta admit, if I'm the opposing coach and I see the other coach crying on the sideline, I'm airing that bitch out. Give me eighty. Give me eighty. Put him in the grave. You don't feel bad for him? Absolutely not. This is football, baby. Step on the throat. You're telling me you didn't want to see Florida State put up another top dude. If you would have, if they would have cut the camera and they would have showed Brian Kelly crying on the sideline, I would have prayed to God we scored another. I would have prayed to God. I've been like, oh God, I've been like, <laughs> we're going Wildcat every fucking play. Jordan just throw it as far as can. 
Yeah, Keon, you're down there. Johnny, you're out there. We're just gonna fucking we're gonna flip a coin before every play, and we're just gonna throw it deep for the rest of the game. But no, nah, uh, in all seriousness, to Michael Pettis Jr. looks amazing too. That's another thing. I just I'm just going through the games. Yeah. Um. But I, what I was gonna say about Butch Jones is um he may be an um head coaching purgatory. You know, to have once coached for Tennessee and now you're on. Um, Arkansas State, golly, brother. I, I, know, <laughs> I, I know those facilities got rusted barbells. Just let me tell you. Um, USC bodied Nevada after Nevada made that that post. I And Nevada's social media team took the post down before the game ended. That's so soft. So I'm sorry. Look, look, look. There's nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with being a little ballsy on social media. Dude, if they would have kept it up, it would have made their engagement skyrocket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look, even if you get shit on, it's fine. It's fine. Any any publicity is good publicity. Shout out Jordan Belford. There's yeah. no such thing as bad publicity. There's nothing wrong. I, w- I will say, though, taking it down, softest move of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Move. Yeah. Unbelievable. Couldn't believe it. Um, Oklahoma State barely beat Central Arkansas. Houston got revenge. Oh no, Houston did beat UTSA again, seventeen to fourteen. Though very boring game compared to last time. Toledo almost beat Illinois, thirty to twenty-eight. Texas Tech lost in double overtime at Wyoming when everyone was saying Texas Tech was going to make the playoffs or some shit. I don't understand how that happened. Uh, BYU barely. Beat, yeah, BYU barely beat Sam Houston State, fourteen zero. UCLA gets their spread busted by Coastal Carolina, twenty-seven to thirteen. Rutgers shows up big 24-7. Florida State puts the ass beating on LSU 45-24. to That is our week one recap, things that you should have known. Diving in to the reason you're here, week two, what we are here to talk about, our first game. Um, is it Saturday? Yeah, our first game Saturday uh, noon. Find this game on, I think, ABC. My phone is my phone is not not being good right now. You find this game on ABC at noon. Notre Dame, number 13 in the country, coming in 2-0 against at NC State, who's 1-0. Notre Dame minus 7.5. I'll go first in this one. I think Notre Dame's going to body them. Uh, NC State lost their quarterback to Kentucky, and they do not look the same. I think they they didn't even look good in their last game that they just played. They beat UConn 24-14. Shout out Jim Moore. He's a goaded coach at UConn, but like – this 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 NC State team was like in the conversation for the playoff almost last year to an extent. Sam Hartman is dropping dots. Notre Dame's going to go in there and kill him. I think uh, I would honestly even take minus seven and a half. Um, I just think that this NC State team's lackluster. They usually have a really good defensive front, not that good this year, as well as I mean Brennan Armstrong is their quarterback, who was the quarterback for Virginia last year, and, and Virginia is not any fucking good. So. I think they're gonna. This is gonna be the game that like really sets out for Notre Dame to start their like we're back hype train um, because it's Power Five and NC State's a pretty respectable team, but I think Notre Dame covers minus seven and a half. Yeah, um, trying to think of perfect analogies for this Notre Dame game. Yeah, so a win over NC State is like telling your boys like like all right. You leave for college, you reconvene, you're telling stories, and you're like, oh, remember so-and-so from high school? You're like, yeah, I got with her. And everyone's like, oh, little do little does everyone else know, she's fat now, so it doesn't really count. It's not- <laughs> but, you know, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, NC State, like, oh, they were pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Nah, 
not the same year. They're fat now. Yeah, they're fat. Yeah. Freshman 15 hit them hard. They're not. They're they not. got the freshman 50, brother. Yeah, freshman 50. Yeah, these these buddies are slugging around weight and not in the good way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Notre Dame's probably going to get it done. Um, look, not saying Notre Dame's not going to do what they're supposed to do. If they win convincingly, hey, you did your job. But, you know, they're. I'm tired of in college football, you play cupcake schedules and you're supposed to, like, respect teams blowing other teams out. Look. I cannot tell you how many Michigan fans were on my dick about how JJ McCarthy has suddenly become Tom Brady because he put on a 300 yard passing performance against ECU. Oh my, such threatening optimism there, but regardless, not, not sold, not sold, buddy. Regardless though, they're going to do what probably needs to be done. I don't really have much more to say. What did you say the spread was? Seven and a half Notre Dame. But I think I think I think uh, Sam Hartman's putting putting a ten piece on the head <laughs> and hoodies. Yeah. Ten piece and a rib bone. Um. Yeah. But moving on to our next game, which is not even that exciting, but it's also kind of still really exciting. Nebraska at Colorado, Fox's game of the week. This game is at on new at noon on Fox. Cutting my words out. Nebraska at Colorado, Nebraska 0-1, Colorado 1-0, as you just heard us uh, yabbering about. So this game, uh, right after, on Sunday morning, this game was Nebraska or Colorado minus 2, and now it's Colorado minus 3.5, which is still incredibly low, knowing Nebraska just lost. And on top of that, Colorado just beat ten, uh, TCU, and everyone's like on the Colorado train. So it's kind of giving the vibe, Zach. Is it a trap game? It's also the first time Colorado Stadium has been sold out since, like, 2011. You know, I've been thinking about it ever since I saw the spread. And typically, with games like this, you the first thought in your mind is anyone who has lost lots of money gambling is this has to be a trap. Like, there's no way in hell that Colorado is not covering this, given – Matt Rule in Nebraska squad's latest performance and Deion Sanders in Colorado squad's latest performance. However, I will say this about Nebraska and Colorado. One of the things Colorado did not do exceptionally well in the TCU game was win at the line of scrimmage. I thought that their defensive line got pushed back a decent amount, and I thought they weren't able to contain the run. They just kind of got into like a shootout scenario, which they ended up coming out on top. Sonny Dykes likes to throw the ball. There's no... There's no secrets in that statement. Like that, that wasn't like hidden in his bag of tricks. Like he likes to throw the ball. What Jeff Sims is extremely good at is using his legs. Only problem is he likes to tend to force passes. So if Matt Rule is going to make any sort of adjustment, I would expect a lot more pressure on the ground from Nebraska in this game. I think you do have that Big Ten kind of line to help bolster you up and win in the trenches. And I also think you have the power um at the quarterback and running back position to gain yards where you need to i don't see the point in forcing the ball through the air unless the opportunity provides itself but hey we've kind of already seen what it's like to throw against jordan travis or jordan travis jesus christ travis hunter not the best idea wouldn't would not recommend it in my opinion but hey still only week two you don't know um as as the week goes on i'll probably keep changing my mind but you know I'm not going to say it's a bad idea to take Nebraska um, with the points right now, because to be honest, you don't know if Colorado is going to come out as the same team. 
You really don't. Could they have just had a really good game plan for week one and came out and shocked the college football world? Yes, but this is the same team that everyone predicted to have three, four wins coming into the season. Max. And, you know, if they do end up winning this game, it sets them up very well for the rest of the year. I just do think Nebraska isn't necessarily the pushover. I think Matt Rule is a good enough coach to where he can make the adjustments week to week. It's just whether the guys are willing to implement them. But put a gun to my head, I'm still saying Colorado is going to win. May not be my one three points, though. I think uh, I, I would just take Colorado money line. I, I think this game does have trap game written all over it. It's historic rivalry. Nebraska can make this game slow and boring, and that ain't Dion's style. Dion's flashy and fast. That's where TCU got lost up in. They tried to play fasty and flash with Deion Sanders, and you're not going to win that. Um, the thing is, call, no, Nebraska and Matt Rule can make this a fucking three-to-three halftime game and just lull them to sleep and beat them up in the trenches. I still think Colorado would come out on top. It's gonna. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I really, really, really do. And it's really hard to perform the way they did two weeks in a row. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm saying it's very hard. And as a better, I'm going to go with my odds, which is probably they won't. And I'm going to say they're going to win, but I'm going to take a money line. Yeah, fair enough. Our next game. Our next game is super dope, by the way. Super dope game. We have at 3.30 on ESPN2. Number 22, Ole Miss, 1-0, going to number 24, Tulane, 1-0. Miss, Ole Miss, a minus seven-point favorite. This game is awesome, in my opinion, dude. Um, first of all, two of the dopest uniforms in college football are playing each other, and they're both two Southern schools. Tulane's good. They beat USC last year. They proved they are good. Their quarterback is a uh, Boca Raton boy, and I want to get his name correct. It's, I know it's Pratt, but I don't know his first name. Michael Pratt. Dude, my phone is just not helping me today. Well, their quarterback Pratt, M. Pratt, I think it's Michael maybe. Um, He's a dog. He's 14 for 15, 294 yards and four touchdowns their last game. Um, Jackson Dart and their offense with um, Lane Kiffin on the other side, also dogs. So I think it's going to be a super high-scoring game. I think it's going to be super fun to watch. Um, call me ballsy. I'm gonna go two lane money line because why not? Because why not? Because why not? I think it's gonna be a fun game. I think it's gonna be a lot of points. The over under is 64. I think it's gonna be fun. I think two lane can beat them. And I think Ole Miss, um, Lane Kiffin's known to shit the bed in weird games like this. You know, if two lane was unranked, I think Lane Kiffin would shit the bed. But I think just because there's a number next to it, Lane Kiffin's going to wake up hungover and be like, oh, shit, we got to prep. Rather than just roll out the old conventional playbook. But no, I think Lane Kiffin does an extremely good job of beating these kind of like mid-tier schools just because he has the experience or has gone through the experience of an SEC grind, if you know what I'm saying. Like he he really has the tools that make up a good coach. Um this old Miss team, look, they're still led by Jackson Dart, I believe. My yeah. Trip. yeah, yeah. Jackson's Dart still the guy there. Um, I don't think Tulane has any star-studded playmakers on the defensive side of the ball that are gonna turn the tides in their favor this game. I just think this game has the opportunity to play out close, but if Lane Kiffin is the coach who I think he is, this will probably end up being like a 
touchdown victory for Ole Miss, in my opinion. The thing that stands out for me is Lane Kiffin is not a very good defensive coach. That's been proven in every team he's ever coached. And this two-lane offense runs the shit out of the ball. And I could see them just pounding the defense and staying relevant exactly the same way they beat USC in the Sugar Bowl. Like, I, that's how I see this game going. I see it, like, I see Ole Miss coming up hot in the beginning and then Tulane starting to slowly, one score at a time, come back in it and maybe win a 34-31 kind of game. See, I would say 34-31, but, you know, given this new, like, clock rule and whatnot, if you're yeah, not right. if you're not, if you're not an aired-out team, you're not breaking 30. Yeah. Like, if you live and die by the ground game, dog, you're getting maybe – like 20 snaps in the first half, maybe, maybe like that. That's close. I forget what coach brought up. He said it in his interview recently when walking off the field. Um, it's Chip Kelly. What? Oh, it was Chip Kelly. Yeah. For UCLA. And he, he said, uh, hope you're getting your advertising in. Cause he's right. The games still take the same amount of time. Same exact amount of time. I mean, my dad was just talking about this. Yeah. Same, same like, exact. Triple amount. the commercials. Triple the commercials. And if you haven't noticed, because I, I happen to notice, I haven't seen a single national anthem for any game this year. Mm. So they even cut that out to show me, what am I looking at right now? Oh, Patrick Mahomes dropping bat bombs into uh, State Farm commercials. So right. that that that's what I came for. That That's why I have my TV package. Well, I don't. I just pirate all my games, so it really doesn't matter to me. But regardless. Allegedly. 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 Um, yeah, it's stupid. No one likes it. They definitely did it for money, but it is what it is. We have to adapt to it. Um, it's one of those things like where we can bitch about it all we want, but it is what it is. So we got to just move on. Fuck the NCAA though. Always fuck the NCAA. Always. On job. Um, our next game's a weird one because it was one that last year they thought would be college game day and then both teams shit the bed. Number 23, Texas A&M 1-0 playing at Miami 1-0. This game is at 3.30 on ABC. Texas A&M is a minus four favorite. Um, Texas A&M probably got a quarterback and kind of do something. Wegman went 18 for 23 with 236 yards and five touchdowns. First on the other end, Tyler Van Dyke, 17 for 22, 200 yards, touchdown, and interception. <laughs> what a sneeze. Bless you. Oh, thank you. Bless you. Um, I think it's going to be a boring-ass game. The Texas A&M going to go in there and win. I'm not going to put any picks on it because I don't care enough about either one of these teams. Um, why Texas A&M is ranked is beyond me. But, I mean, these, it should be interesting because both caliber, like roster-wise, are very high level. Like They both have extremely good football players. Um, I just think that – I just think that Texas A&M is better. I just think they're better. I think that Miami sucks and Crystal Ball was a very bad hire. I don't really have much to say on this game. I think both these teams are lackluster. Yeah, Texas A&M kind of always just carrying the hype of Jimbo Fisher in his Florida State days. Um, I think he's a little bit overrated as a head coach now that he's not on my squad. Just going to put that out there. Um, yeah, can't recruit like Florida buddy, unfortunately. Um, sucks for you. Oh, is he going to knock the field goal? All right, Duke's up 6 nothing. Anyway, um, as for Miami, you know, as – as much as much as I love to kind of just completely shit on Miami and Miami fans days, um, I will say they did a decent, good job with the transfer portal in their recruiting class. Um, I hear a lot of talks about how 
Cristobal is really trying to build this idea within the system that, you know, he wants more younger guys and not transfers. So he kind of builds them up. So seniors get replaced by juniors and then they become seniors. That kind of method. Look, do what works for you. Obviously, this year you bolstered up in the positions that you needed to. You didn't lose to Miami, Ohio. Golf clap for whatever that's worth. Um, don't know why that was a stressful game for you. Couldn't even put 10,000 people in seats, unfortunately. Um, but maybe go to your own stadium. Who knows? Regardless, I still don't think they're ready for SEC-level competition, especially a team like Texas A&M. This is one of those games where Texas A&M skims by, and they can say, oh, well, we beat Miami as one of their six wins on the year. So take that what it's worth. Our last game is college game day, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Number 11, Texas 1-0 going to number 4, Alabama 1-0. This game is 7 p.m. ESPN college game day. All I got to say is, I say it every time we talk about this team, I don't want people to forget that Steve Sharkeesian got fired from USC for coaching games drunk. I don't know why that's never talked about anymore, you know? Well, I heard in Texas – Drunk driving is recommended. Well, this so, is at USC, though. Yeah, I know. So at Texas, it's no longer like a felony crime. Oh, like, no, they're like proud of him. Yeah, they're proud of him. Yeah, they're like, ah, oh, that's my boy. Um, He also coached under Nick Saban, which is something to think about, Um, which is cool. But let's, I don't know, what are the odds? Alabama coming in minus seven at Alabama. Oh, man, it's really hard for me to find a way to put Texas in this game, man. I mean, last year was crazy. Don't get me wrong, but it was at Texas. I also think Alabama's offense underperformed, and you had Bijan Robinson. You had a very slow start versus Rice. Still beat them by 27, which is good. You had a very slow start versus Rice. Ah, dude, Jalen Milrow, 13 for 18, 194 yards and three tutties, bro. It's just like it, I saw a tweet that was like, if Jalen Milrow played for, um, he said like USC – or for Oregon, or for, like, you know, a flashy team that people like following, that he would already be in the Heisman talking. But the problem is he plays for Alabama, so him being, like, extraordinary is normal to them, which I kind of agree with. He also rushed uh, for two touchdowns, so he had five touchdowns on the day. Um, I just don't see a way Texas beats him. I see it, it could be close first half, and then Alabama pulls it away in the second. I just don't think Texas is back at all, I think. And I think Alabama is always underrated. Yeah. Um, by the way, that must have been the most quiet five touchdown performance I've ever heard of. Because I right? no, I saw a tweet that said it. That was like if he was at a school like uh, USC or he was at Oklahoma or something like that, everyone would be talking about it. But since he's at Alabama, they, the, the when you're the quarterback, you're supposed to be amazing. So it's just like, oh, whatever. They have another amazing quarterback. Well, considering their track track record, I would assume that to be pretty true. Because if he yeah, so- but you still have to give the kid. He scored five fucking touchdowns. I mean, yeah. That's amazing. It's like, it's hard not to get complacent. Like, all right, metaphor time. Can you really get the best blowjob of your life every time you get a blowjob? No. Only one of them can be the best. But you could still have amazing blowjobs. But there, but there is no way every time you're going to go, oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> I feel like one of the... Looking up with different I feel like at least one of those times you're just going to be like, okay, and roll over and go to bed. There's what, unfortunately for Milro, we're, we're the, we're the roll over and go to bed there's too many other things we're excited about in a given day. 
the blowjob can't be the, the highlight of the day every day, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll go with that route. Um, look, don't not really the biggest on Milro. Look, obviously what Grayson said is true. He plays for Alabama. He must be good. Still have to give him his flowers where flowers are due. I just don't think that's going to be the deciding factor in this game. Uh, personally for me, I do think what everyone expected out of Texas was Quinn Ewers was supposed to make like this huge jump in year two, um, just completely turn it around and take that next stride as to being one of the best quarterbacks in this year's class. Unfortunately, I just don't see that to be the case. Um, I looked at some of the highlights at the Rice game. I think he only had like six or seven deep balls. They were all terrible, all terrible, whether it be a bad read underthrown, not putting it in the right spot, just not really efficient downfield passing. And to beat a team like Alabama, you need big plays to beat them. You know, if you want to try to grind it out with the grindiest of coaches of all time, go for it. I don't recommend it. You're going to need everyone when they play Alabama goes to their bags of tricks at least once. It's just how you have to play to beat them because they game plan for everything. These guys have seen everything. They're the best of the best. It's Alabama. They have the prestige that warrants itself. Um, like you said, lost B. John Robinson, arguably the best back. Pretty much considered the top fantasy running back this year, although I don't buy, buy the hype. Um, I just don't see how you take strides in a better direction when losing a player of that caliber, in my opinion. But like I said, this is game of the week. There's no way it's going to be a boring game of the week. I don't think there's ever been a boring game of the week. Like, I may not agree with NFL being scripted, but college sure as hell can be. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, it, I also think what you said is really true. It's like you don't beat Alabama playing drive by drive. Like, you're not like, all right, we're going to, you know, you like every team that beats Alabama, they have a one or two big plays that just throws them off. And it's like, fuck. The only team that did. If you play the game with Alabama and you just play the game of football, they will outplay you in football. You yeah. need to have home runs that they don't see coming. That's what fucks them. That's how you beat Alabama. Yeah. And just like I was going to say, the only team that actually beat Alabama in a game of just regular football was when you had 10 NFL players on the field with Joe Burrow. Yeah. And they there. only won by, like, what, a touchdown or a field goal? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, there, there's no way you can go into a game saying, oh, do we have eight of the top 10 best players in college football? If your answer is no – you're going to need to do something. Yeah, you're going to need a home run for sure. Yeah, for sure. So I still think Alabama is going to win the game. Um, but, hey, maybe this is the game that uh, Milrow needs to kind of put his spot on that Heisman watch. You beat a team like Texas, who's arguably one of the better teams in the country, and you ball out in doing so, people are going to have to put respect on your name. That's how it is. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just got a text from somebody. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think Milrow's a dog. Um, I think it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be competitive, especially even though the Nick Saban's assistants don't usually beat him. They know how he plays to an extent. They learned under him. So they sometimes just give him a good game. Um, but I don't I don't see them going to Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama. I'm sorry. I just don't. Yeah, I don't either. Um, one thing we did mention about um, last week that I did want to bring up, DJ Ukulele. Um, I know I shit on him a lot last year for being at Clemson, um, but he did his job in his first start at his new program, Oregon State. Oregon State, known for their great offensive line, given that they are in the Pac-12 
Pac-12, right? Yeah. Given that they're in the Pac-12, they are known to have one of the better offenses, offensive lines, and that was on showcase in his last game. Look, I'm not saying he's a Heisman candidate or anything along those lines, but for a team that's primarily known to be a running football program, if you can get an arm like DJ Ukulele, that severely helps your program to take strides in the right direction. So happy for him. Happy yeah, for no, shout out. It's 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 cool to see that kid do well because it seems like the world's been against him, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is what it is. And other news throughout the week, kind of a boring slate of games, if I'm being fair. I mean, Jesus Christ. I guess Stanford USC may no, only be a 40-point. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Um, Illinois, no, Kansas is going to beat them. Utah yeah. Baylor had the hype and then Baylor lost. Utah's going to kill them. Yeah. Shout out uh, Tom Herman at FAU. First game under the program. Puts sure. up a little 40 piece. Um, it's Kodak it, Black to walk out the run out with the team. Yeah. That, that shit hard for real, though. Got Iowa, Iowa State rivalry, Iowa minus four. That's oh, shout out Iowa for actually throwing the football. Yeah, um, but their head, their offensive coordinator needs to just get twenty five points per game to keep his job, and he got twenty four. So he has to score twenty five point one, like something, for the rest of the season. Who made his contract? I don't know. I think that was like their. I, I, I that's what I've been reading on Twitter. I don't know how accurate that is, but App State, North Carolina, it's a little robbery. It's pretty cool, but UNC is minus eighteen. Holy shit! Yeah. Um. Hey, boy. I don't know, dude. There's not really many create. I mean, Oregon at Texas Tech, and Texas Tech just got upset. Cool game. Jacksonville State at Coastal Carolina. Keep your eye on that one. That's gonna be a fun little game. UCF at Boise State. That's interesting. Um, what Wisconsin at Washington State? Wisconsin a minus six and a half. A whole lot of nobodies. Yeah, not really. A, I mean, an interesting matchup, but not a good game. We got two cross. Uh, we have two games of cross power fives. We got Auburn at California. Uh, Auburn minus six and a half, and Oklahoma State at Arizona State. Oklahoma State at a minus three and a half. That wraps up what's going to happen with week two. Let's get into our draft. Um, Zach, I did not tell you what the draft was. I didn't remember, and then it hit me in the middle of this podcast. So you're going to be on your toes. Sorry about that, buddy. Hey, um, I should make diamonds, baby. Shout out to our friends on the Alpha Regiment podcast: Tyler Peterson and Brady Jones, Co- comedy podcast. Check them out; hilarious. 18 plus for sure. Super fun time. Been on there uh, three times, I believe. Um, I'm a regular, you could say. But yeah, shout them out for this. I love this idea from Tyler. Um, Think about Rick and Morty vibes when the big heads come, they have to perform a song, right? Okay. If aliens came... God. Yes. If aliens came to Earth, okay, and they were like, "You you show us, show us four songs that you would want us to hear to like represent the best songs ever will will kill you or you live based on these four songs. This is our draft. What are the four songs? Holy fuck. No looking at your phones. No, no I, gotta, I gotta look up some songs. Cause I, okay. No, I, no, no. No, I have the songs in my head. I just need to make sure they're by the right artist. Cause I'm not getting exposed like this on the pod. Well, let's see. We could do five. I could easily do five. We want to do five. We'll do five. Have five songs that you would show aliens to save humankind. 
I can go first because I know multiple that I have loaded up, rock, locked, and ready to go. Yeah, you go first. My first one, um, give me free bird by Leonard. That was literally that was literally the first one in my head. I was that like, guitar I solo should save us some time. Yeah, yeah. Um, damn. I guess my the other one I had on my head. I don't know if it's gonna save us, but. I'm gonna go living on a prayer, Bon Jovi. That's fire. That's fire. I, I think I think that can save us a little bit of time. So yeah, I'm gonna go uh living on a prayer. I'm gonna go with Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Okay. That's solid, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, no, that that that's a classic. I said Tyler list. I'm gonna see if I can find that list. Fuck me. Oh, I got another one. Right. Oh, um, Fireflies by Owl City. Damn. I, I think I think that one would just blow their minds. They'd be like, "This is generational." Um, I already have my third locked in. I'm gonna go. Um, Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Withers. Fair enough. Um, my number three. Shit, I just had it in my head. Where did it go? This was a good one too. Fuck, fuck. No, 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 no. I'm gonna go drink in my cup, Kirk Cobain's. Bro, you're killing humans. No. That was the worst pick. Yeah. Oh man, you're gonna, we're gonna die, Zach. <laughs> no way. That is a when you literally think about generational song. I think that one stands test of time. I, I could have gone with a lot better rap songs, but just for the meme's sake, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. Who's my four? Give me Dreams, Fleetwood Mac, number four. My four, I'm going to go Dreams and Nightmares, Meek Mill. That's solid. That's solid. You might scare them, but it's solid. Yeah, once they start seeing me. <laughs> my number five. My number five. Bro, please, please say the one I know we're both thinking of. Think, think about it. Think about just this past weekend and pick this song. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, foes, I'm too... <laughs> Um, I wouldn't put rap to save humans. Well, I did too. So, I'm gonna do "Home Sweet Home," Molly Crew. Home Sweet Home. Saving this for my last pick because if it didn't get take, if it didn't get took. We'd have had a problem. Um, I'm gonna go country roads. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm gonna go country roads. That's good. But yeah, that wraps up episode 99 ish. Um, college football week two with a little bit of week one recap and a little bit of a draft. A little bit of hey, how you doing? Um, I got nothing else to say, Zach Watts. Yeah. Um, 
go Knowles. We're obviously making it to the national championship game. Um, and if you don't believe that, then you're just a hater and you haven't been watching football. So um, Keon Coleman for Heisman. Just kidding. It's Jordan Travis season. <laughs>